let's fucking go. Welcome back to another riveting episode of Screaming at the Sky, a truly unhinged Taylor Swift fan podcast. My name is Annie. I'm Mari. And we're here together today to burn it down. The hottest of hot takes, Taylor Swift edition. Of course, what if we were like hot takes, U.S. government, biggest atrocities in history? No, that's not the vibe today. Today the vibe is... The hottest takes in the Taylor Swift fandom. Uh, Mari found a Reddit thread that she's been spiraling through <laughs> for the last hour or so. And we decided we needed to record this emergency episode to discuss our hot takes, our reaction to other people's hot takes. We have pulled some friends' relations for their hot takes. And we're going to talk about it. We're also trying a new audio setup today, which is resulting in <laughs> Annie and I passing back. If you've seen the sixth installment in the Star Wars franchise, when Luke visits Jabba the Hutt's palace and is asked for the password by that weird robot circle ball thing, that's currently what we're speaking into. So this also is helping because we talk over each other. And so we've decided that the person who holds the weird ball microphone is the only one who's allowed to talk. And that's how we're going to play it. So... We're going to do the pledge and then we're going to dive right in with the hot takes. To be clear, none of these hot takes have to do with her as a person. They don't have to deal with who she's dated or anything like that because, again, that's not the fucking point. So we are here to talk about the music of Taylor Swift. We are not here to talk about who Taylor Swift has dated or what size pants she wears or her red carpet looks, although she does continuously slay. Slay! <laughs> She is her own person and deserves privacy and the ability to date who she wants, wear what she wants, and be, and I quote, whoever the fuck she wants. We are here to talk about the music of Taylor Swift, which is immaculate. We reserve the right to also hate some of her songs and scream at each other about it, or scream at you about how you're wrong about it, because that's really what this is going to devolve into. In solidarity, ladies. Ladies always rise above. Now my terrible singing is going to be like in ultra surround sound. <laughs> snatch that out of your hand. All right. So I broke down the hot takes by album. And then there's a couple that felt more like general kind of hot takes about her as an artist or kind of where she is. I would love to start with Lover because it is the most polarizing. Reddit thread was two years old. So there was a lot of like lover reputation folklore but like evermore did not really make an appearance midnights did not really make an appearance so this is a two-year-old thread from the dumpster fire that is reddit <clears throat> starting off hot take lover is 100 her best love song it so perfectly captures the mundaneness of love while still expressing how beautiful love can be um hard pass <laughs> first of all <laughs> Gut reaction, Annie. I mean, the only true correct word in that hot take is the word mundane, if we're talking about the song lover. I mean, we're talking about Taylor Allison Swift. You think lover is her best love song? Were you dropped as a child? Like, what are... That's not even a hot take. That's just someone who's pathologically incorrect. That's going to be my hot take. And I know lover is polarizing. And my hot take is that it has, in one album... Arguably her best and worst song, a few tracks away from each other. Mm -hmm. But Lover is not even part of the conversation. It's simply a technicality as the lead single, which, again, she always chooses the wrong one. So that's my take on the take. 
So there's another one, Lover, to your point, she shouldn't have picked it as a single. And then this person was talking about how the man shouldn't have been a single or a music video. Taylor should have waited to do something with like a Post Malone or or somebody like that instead of doing that whack-ass Lover remix with Shawn Mendes. <laughs> And I had forgotten that that was a thing. And I remember of all of the people, if you love him, that's wonderful for you. He does have some songs that I really enjoy. I will never get over. Sean Mendes is describing his romantic relationship. He's like, you know, when you look at the moon and you try to take a picture of it with your iPhone and you're like, man, maybe the moon isn't supposed to be photographed. It's just supposed to be experienced. That's what my love is. I'm like, you're the, I hate everything that comes out of your mouth. The Benny drama impersonation on Instagram is so valid (laughs) in its insaneness. So I don't think Lover is her best love song either. I do like it. I do think it is pretty simplistic. I really like the bridge. With every guitar string scar on my hand. The verses are just not doing it for me. And I, I have to think for a second about what my favorite Taylor love song is but I think if I'm going love song Taylor I'm going to speak now or red I'm absolutely not going to love her yeah I also don't hate the song but I also can't keep talking about this because it's such a stupid opinion (laughs) all right what's the next one if it's nice to have a friend would have been on folklore y'all would have (laughs) flipped I think this is true I think it's nice to have a friend is so underrated like so 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 underrated and if it would have been on folklore i feel like people would have maybe appreciated it more i have no feelings about it's nice to have a friend whenever it comes on i'm like oh yeah i always forget about this song it's not cruel summer so it's not getting like all the gold stars and being brought up in front of the class and it's also not me who's like shoving crayons up their nose and like lighting stuff on fire it's just the kid that like gets forgotten about like they're counting the kids for the field trip and they're like oh my god shit we left it's nice to have a friend you could say that it's nice to have a friend is the sean mendez of taylor swift songs (laughs) in the sense that i completely forget he exists that's fair yeah it's nice to have a friend is utterly forgettable to me i don't hate it it is a little too cutesy for me but this take that if it was on folklore we would have all been feral for it is so real because folklore changed my brain chemistry when it came out and i was willing to risk it all i loved it i needed it so yeah that would have been a really sneaky way to slip that song into my rotation but it's simply not there all right the next one i'm going to combine two of them together one's from reddit and then one's from our coworker, and they're both about me exclamation point this is from Reddit. Me, with the more somber production, like with a little sadness, aka how she played it in the Miss Americana documentary when she's like on the piano and she's trying to figure it out, would have been bomb. Just imagine that first verse, but acoustic. And then combining that kind of together, our coworker was like, me would have been a good song without Brendan Urie. But that the line, and there's a lot of cool chicks out there, is terrible. And obviously the spelling portion will go down in history. It's just terrible. I don't think that song is redeemable. I truly, I don't think if you stripped it down, I don't think if you took him out. The other thing with Lover that I think me ties into that someone had kind of said was that the Lover era felt weirdly like she was pandering to her younger audience with the rainbow and the color scheme. It wildly oscillates between extremely juvenile and some of the most extreme and mature songwriting or concepts she's ever done. I don't know. It's a 
weird fucking album. Yeah, we could literally do an entire episode on hot takes about Lover specifically. Um, I agree this song is not redeemable, but especially if you slow it down or take up Brandon Urie, those the pace and the feature are not what's wrong with this song. The words are so bad. If you rewrote all the lyrics to me, it could be a good song, but that's not really a fair criticism. If you just didn't, if you simply didn't write it, that would have been a lot better. All right. The last thing I want to talk about, Lover, was this general theme through the Reddit thread that I think is really interesting, which is the order of the songs and the length of the album. So there were a lot of people that were like, Taylor makes albums that are too long, even Folklore and Evermore, even though they were some of her shorter albums, had one or two songs that maybe didn't necessarily need to be on there. Lover is like 18 tracks or something. And people had a lot of thoughts about the flow of it. And just it didn't really make sense. Like London Boy come right after Soon You'll Get Better. The juxtaposition of that's really jarring and just the overall flow. And I get the idea of trying to fit a bunch of things and she had so much she wanted to say on that album coming off reputation. Good stuff gets lost because people give up on it. They hear me and then they don't listen to Death by a Thousand Cuts. They don't listen to Cruel Summer. They don't listen to I Think He Knows. And you just kind of get you get lost in the sauce, if you will. And I will. What is the take we're even responding to? Too many songs on Lover? Oh, on her albums? No. On Lover, maybe 18 is too many, but that's just because I feel like the songs I hate, again, shouldn't exist at all. <laughs> all off False God. I don't get it. I don't want it. But I also, as you know, Mari, ride so hard for Afterglow, which may be a hot take in the fandom or in this room right now. <laughs> Mari's raising her eyebrows at me judgmentally. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I had to give up those songs, I wouldn't want it to be shorter. But if I could pick, chop and block. Me is gone. False God's gone. I would get rid of False God. I'd get rid of me. Don't you dare say Afterglow. No, no, no. I think Afterglow and Daylight are fine. You'd have to keep, I think you need to calm down because you need something to get people in the door. I would argue Cruel Summer would get people in the door, but there were several people on this Reddit thread that argued it wouldn't. and It wasn't poppy enough to be a a lead single for what people were expecting from her trying to i would cut london boy speaking of the reddit thread and speaking of lover and speaking of hot takes a lot of opinions on the song the man mari's cutting it the interesting hot takes on this song was whether or not she accomplished what she set out to do with this song which is to call out sexism in the workplace in the music industry that like if she was a man she would have x y and z and then other people felt like it was very pandery or very sort of like didn't really go deep enough into the issue. It was too like fun to accomplish what she set out to accomplish. So I don't know that I would keep the man. It's I definitely skip it, but I appreciate that it exists at the same time. So that's fair. There was a lot of commentary on the man. And I think I tend to align with you. I don't listen to a lot. I think it was a very poppy take on a very real problem. Yeah, you can sit there and talk about, you know, the the court case and winning that court case and suing for a dollar or whatever it was that she did and the criticism you faced in the media and like all of these things. But also, are you doing a good enough job of acknowledging that you're a straight white woman as far as everyone's aware oh boy i'm not even going to touch that with a 10 foot pole but you know what i mean of like it's way worse for anybody who openly identifies 
as being within the LGBTQ plus community or being a person of color in the industry. So yeah, that one, I, yeah, the man you could cut, London boy you cut, false God you cut, me you cut. And then you're, now you're talking about a more reasonable, you're talking about like 14 or 15 tracks. I also don't like, I forgot you existed. I literally forgot that the song existed. So one thing though, to keep in mind is it's 18 tracks, but it's still only an hour. So it's like, if you go down to 14, it's like what, 36 minutes? (laughs) If we cut, I forgot you existed. The album would be Cruel Summer, Lover, The Archer, I Think He Knows, Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince, Paper Rings, Cornelius Street, Death by a Thousand Cuts, Soon You'll Get Better, You Need to Calm Down, Afterglow, It's Nice to Have a Friend, and Daylight. That's a tighter album to me. There's some riffraff in here that needs to go. But I'm not. we're not even going to talk about False God. And then there were a lot of people who were like, Lever deserved to win Song of the Year at the Grammys, which is not true because that was the year that Billie Eilish swept for... Um, the demons that come out when you fall asleep. What's the name of that album? It's <laughs> not right at all. <laughs> the demons that come out of your ceiling in your parents' bedroom when you're asleep and you can't fall asleep. So the demons come. Now, where when we all fall asleep, where do we go? Close. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> that was a peer into my soul. Okay. Moving on. <clears throat> I'm gonna jump to 1989. There was a consistent theme here around the two either best or worst songs off 1989, which I didn't really know. I was unaware of this. This Reddit thread, not a fan of Bad Blood. Really did not like it. I love Bad Blood. I think that it's so funny that this one incident happened about these backup dancers and it turned into the feud of all feuds. Again, I love Patty Taylor. I think it's so funny. So I really like Bad Blood. I also like the remix with Kendrick Lamar. Wait, Bad Blood isn't just about backup dancers. It's about all like the friends that backstabbed, I thought. I think it is, but like mostly it's about Katy Perry stealing those backup dancers from her, which is why she shows up in the Lover music video. Like that's like it was a whole thing. That was one. And then the other one was Shake It Off that people had really polarizing opinions. I do not like the music video for Shake It Off. I think it's aged really poorly and was really problematic at the time. And she deserved to get called out for the cultural appropriation (laughs) slash just racist stuff in that music video but i i like shake it off i think it's repetitive but i think it's a bop that's a fun one to play in the car it's a fun one to play at a party it's a fun one to play at a wedding that's probably the most common taylor swift song i've heard at a wedding yeah i like bad blood so i actually this is maybe my hot take i think i like bad blood more than blank space and i know that blank space is like your bible so (laughs) I don't want to fight here. I don't want to have some bad blood now. <laughs> but yeah, actually, yeah, the the one in the Reddit thread was like sonically Shake It Off is her worst song. It's like it's grating or something, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think I disagree with. I don't hate it, but I, I don't know that I really enjoy listening to it anymore. I think it definitely had its moment. And it's almost one of those songs where it comes on and I'm like, don't play this one. It's like embarrassing. <laughs> As a Swifty, I'm like, no. Can I transition to another hot take? Yes. Okay. So we, like I said, we polled some coworkers about their hot takes. All 1989, our coworker said that Welcome to New York is not a good song. Thoughts, feelings? I like Welcome to New York. It's a terrible start to that album. I have to listen to that one by myself. Like, I know that that's not for everyone. That's the one that comes on and I'm like, welcome to New York. Even though I've never been there and frankly would probably terrify me and send me into cardiac arrest if I ever went there. But I 100% 
get why people don't like it, though. That's one of those songs where, like, it's like cilantro, right? Doesn't taste like soap to me. Blank Space, though, is like butter or garlic. If you don't like that, we've got a way bigger problem on our hands. I would never go so far as to say in your presence that I don't like Blank Space because I do not want to be stabbed in a dark alley. Um, However... (laughs) This hot take reminded me of my 1989 era where I first discovered this album and I would almost always skip this first track. But to say it's not a good song, I might agree. (laughs) I just might. I just might agree with that one. In a sense, no, but in a truer sense, yes. And then this one we don't have to spend a ton of time on and then we can move on to the next one Um, because I hard agree with this statement and I know people are going to be upset. Up against To Pimp a Butterfly. 1989 should not have won that Grammy. I'm sorry. Like, I can understand the cosmic event that 1989 was in the pop space, but up against that particular album from Kendrick, I don't think 1989 deserved to win the Grammy. I I will side with that. I don't even think that's that hot of a take, but um, I think that organization has a lot of flaws and decided to give the award to a white lady instead. (laughs) I think this is such a hard conversation because I think the way the Grammys are formatted Mm. is problematic in the sense that those two albums should never be up against each other because they're not comparable. I get that we want to pick one best winner. I just it's like being like, what's the best ice cream? It's like, well, I don't know. I can't even eat ice cream. Makes me shit my pants is what you would say, (laughs) for example. So, you know, it's just relative is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, fundamentally, I think we should just get rid of all award shows because it just feels really like a circle jerk for the most part to me anyway. I like the ones where the audience gets to vote, where it's like by popular vote. The few selecting doesn't sit right with me, but that's kind of been pointed out many times before. That was all the 1989 ones I could find. It's a pretty solid album. People don't tend to have a lot of hot takes about that besides Shake It Off and Bad Blood. Um, I only have two for Red. Treacherous is the best song on red i might agree with this statement i love treacherous i was thinking about it and the other hot take is all too well isn't even the best song on red let alone her best song ever i don't think all too well is her best song ever to me it's treacherous and and all too well up there at the top for the best songs on red i mean we've talked about how much we love treacherous this is a pro treacherous tetris um oh boy here you go you're gonna have to just hand that over (laughs) take a lap I think there's been a glitch. Okay, so I am also Team Treacherous, big time, always have been. And I think that if we're going to talk about Red, we have to talk about whether or not we're including Taylor's version or not. Because to me, that's a huge game changer because the 10-minute version of All Too Well is like the only version I acknowledge at this point, which I would have a hard time pairing up against Treacherous. Original All Too Well would maybe be a different conversation. One thing about Red I will say, and maybe this is a hot take, but State of Grace is a fucking great way to start this album. The vibe, the tone, it's like strap in. Let's go. We're driving a Maserati down a dead end street. I will say the name of the car. (laughs) You can't stop me. And I don't know. I don't get hung up on like the order of tracks and if they transition into each other or not. I mean, I, I'm always, I'm a shuffle girly. So I just live in a constant state of chaos. <laughs> so I don't care. Put your songs in whatever track you want. Another hot take from Red. I will represent my friend Shauna's opinion. But she hates 
the song the moment I knew, like with a burning passion. And I feel like Mari's face is telling me that the glitch has been cleared and she's ready to talk about that. I'm also a shuffle girly. I will just say that. I People who are like, you have to listen to it in order. I'm like, no, I don't. Um, absolutely none of this needs to be listened in order. I don't hate that song as much as Shauna does. I, I don't like love it. It's not like, oh my God, this is a masterpiece. But I I really like it for what it is. It's it's a young person song, I think. It's very much written from a young person's perspective. I don't think she'd write that song now. I appreciate it for what it is. You're absolutely also right. State of Grace is a fucking banger of a song in a great way. But I still think Treacherous might be my favorite song on Red. I'm gonna I'm gonna side with this random person on Reddit who probably holds no other similar beliefs to me besides this one point. Talk about treacherous siding with anyone on Reddit. The thing about the moment I knew that's funny to me is that this bitch wrote a 10 minute song about this already and still had more to say about her boyfriend of three months not coming to her birthday party like actually I have 15 minutes worth of this song that I need to say about something that's not really that big of a deal moving on I'm gonna move on to reputation if that's okay a lot of love for reputation on this reddit thread and in the messages between our friends and family and coworkers, there's a there's a conversation of best album versus best era. Reputation was the best era, not necessarily the best album. I would agree with that 100%. Everything about it was absolutely incredible. So the hot takes about Reputation, they all kind of run together. Reputation is better lyricism than Lover. I feel like the Lover in Lover her world wordplay was very built on clichés and it gets a little tired whereas Rep uses a lot of really clever metaphors and creative imagery. And then paired with that is her best vocals ever are on Reputation, which is kind of what you were saying in the last episode about the backing vocals specifically being like top tier on Reputation. I would agree with both of these hot takes. I think this is, in terms of blown out vocals, I would argue Reputation. I think if you're talking like control, Folklore and Evermore, where she's doing a lot of the up and down and she's really playing in her whole range. But in terms of belting, in terms of those like backing vocals, I don't think you get better than Reputation. And I like the lyricism way more on this album. Basically just Getaway Car makes it a thousand times better than Lover. The fact that she did not specify what kind of car the Getaway Car was is really what did it for Mari. God. (laughs) So yeah, like we literally just had our last episode was about reputation. So our TED talk, <laughs> our literal TED talk. I was like, we were so serious about that that I was surprised how complex and good the lyricism in Reputation is because it kind of gets lost in the production. So I guess I would agree with that. Although I don't know if I would say it's better, but here's the other thing: vocally, I do love Reputation. I love that she pushes herself. And it's like more rock vocals. But when I look at live footage of her, there is some footage of her during the 1989 tour and like the Grammy Museum performances, like something about that era vocally for her. She was like perfect, like even live stadium shows. She is just killing it. Like and then you look at like speak now era she's like kind of pitchy and out of breath and there's like she's young and it's you know a little bit choppier reputation it was such a production oh my god 1989 vocally live i'm like is that her (laughs) it's like flawless so anyway i know we're jumping around but era wise aesthetics vibe 
just like cutthroat, the black and gold, the snakes, everything, era, top tier, can't be beat. Absolutely. This last one just made me laugh, which is why I put it in here, (laughs) because I didn't even know this was like a topic of conversation. Reputation makes me feel way more single than Lover does. The love story on that album, Reputation, is powerful. Finding someone who will love you through your absolute darkest times without wavering. Fuck. I've never found that. <laughs> I just love the stream of consciousness. And so I was genuinely thinking about it of all of her albums. When I do listen to it, which one makes me feel the most single? You can't answer this question. And I, it's so sad, but I honestly, I go back to you being like, you haven't been hurt enough to appreciate Folklore and Evermore. So I do feel like I feel the singlest actually when I listen to Folklore and Evermore, where I just, I'm like, it's not... I feel single in a good way almost where I'm like thank god (laughs) Jesus is this what it's like um so I I do think those two when you listen to it you're like I've been having a hard time adjusting I had the shiniest wheels now they're rusting I didn't know if you'd care if I came back I have a lot of regrets about that I'm glad that I don't relate to that I feel like I'm okay so I do think it's folklore and evermore I don't know if you have a different answer like I I will actually let you answer it if you want to (laughs) which one you think would make you feel the most single. But for me, it's folklore and evermore in a sad way. Thank God I'm single. These people sound so fucked up. I'll just say, I'll just end this by saying that I've only ever emailed lyrics to my therapist from two albums and it's folklore and evermore. Whether or not that makes me feel single, who's to say, as I am happily married. However... There's just a lot of feelings to talk about, and those two albums may have destroyed me a little bit in the best way. Feeling single, you know, actually, this is an interesting sort of side conversation relating back to Lover being her best love song and all that. Her songs are so rarely just love songs. Like a lot of the time, there's like a dark side or like a a little bit of regret or some other theme going on through them. And so when I'm thinking about feeling single, I would think about like, sappy love songs and i i don't know i don't know that i could pinpoint one maybe speak now because <laughs> it's like so young sorry i'm sorry i'm married boo <laughs> speaking of we'll just transition into speak now um i love how i didn't put these in album order like a fucking idiot um the only thing i could find about speak now was and this i think i do agree with speak now was her best album before folklore and in many ways was an immaculate anti-folklore Rather than being a flawless exercise in personally removed storytelling, Speak Now was a perfect creation of deeply personal self-chronicling. I think it remains as the deepest look into her mind and the way she thinks that she's ever given us. One, props to the grammar and sentence construction of this particular Reddit user, who I didn't have to, like, translate to (laughs) figure out what they were actually trying to say. We use a lot of abbreviations. There were a lot of song abbreviation titles where I was like, what song is IKWX? three four three and then yeah no i'm just i was like running through it being like what i would agree with this statement i think speak now is the anti-folklore but like in a good way of that idea of very very personal storytelling she was petty she was mean she was sad she was angry like she experiences the gambit of emotions on speak now and kind of talks to her fans for the first time too right i'm so excited about taylor's version i literally cannot wait um, and this was the main speak now thing that I think I saw on there, but I, I hard agree with this hot take. 
I feel like this is just like a genius take. It's mm-hmm. just like not even hot. It's more just like, oh my God, you're right. Um, speak now, maybe my hot take is that Haunted is the best song on this album, which <laughs> I feel like everyone likes Haunted, but no one in the world loves it as much as I do. I am obsessed with this song. The first time I heard it, I just kept playing it on repeat. I don't know enough about this album. I don't know it as intimately as Mari does, so I can't say. I also love Back to December, which might be as far as – because that was a single, right? Yeah. As far as singles go, I typically don't like her singles, but I really like that one. So maybe that's my hot take. Back to December is her best single. Absolutely not. But okay, you can, you're allowed to have that incorrect opinion. Yeah, I, I love Speak Now. It's haunted. Here's my thing. Again, the weird concert footage that floats around. When she was when she rings that bell in that that video that circles around every once in a while, the drama of her ringing that bell is that for Haunted or is that for a different song? So. For some reason, all I can think of is that is the way she would introduce that song. It is the worst thing I've ever seen. I made like a meme out of a clip of that, so I had to like screen record it, and it goes on for like five minutes of her hurling herself at this giant Liberty Bell. And then looking exhausted and then waiting another second and then doing it again. And for what? Quasimodo, put the mallet down, get back to work. (laughs) Oh, my God. I will also just say, as someone who's never seen her live, I love talking shit about her live performances. The the pirated version of Hits Different that I have also has a bunch of other pirated um, live versions of her songs. And the live performance of he did something no what's the name of that song what's off red i knew you were trouble he did something wrong what is wrong with me today (laughs) he did something wrong yeah he did something wrong is the theme of the song but i knew you were trouble the intro to that live version is fucking as long as the song it's this weird like rock and it's like i knew you were trouble (laughs) (laughs) when you are she does it like five or six times i was like if i would have been at the concert i would have been like sing the song already please ma'am i i mean again it's all audio i have no visual aid but i was every time it comes on after it's different i'm like (laughs) I, i mean i hate that song in general but that live version has really not helped um all right the folklore moving on to folklore um i'd forgive james but i'm stupid so (laughs) this one made me cackle um i would also forgive james because you're 17 and you don't know any better it's very different than like the happiness whoever the dude is in happiness it's a different story but the augustine betty james love triangle yeah you're taking james back and then you're both going to go to school in the fall. You're both going to want to break up, but you don't want to do it. So you got to make it all the way to Christmas break. And then you can break up with them. And that's how that relationship ends. I think it's very much like a juvenile high school. I'm in love with you. And then when James breaks up with Betty or Betty breaks up with James, she goes and writes speak now. And that's just what it is. And that's just what it is. I made it up, but it's what it is. Uh, would I forgive James? So the thing about me if you got to know one thing about me, it's that I never learn. So would I forgive James? Of course. Should I forgive James? Probably not. Although if you take the James storyline and just like adultify it a little bit, 
feel like happiness is what happens after James. Because oh. sometimes forgiving someone is just a little complicated. So I'm just going to say that the depth of the folklore storylines, is there's more than meets the eye. It's like a transformer. <laughs> Murray is so disappointed with me for that. Uh, but yeah, that's my hot take to that hot take. The other two, a lot of the folklore ones were just like that either it's criminally underrated or criminally overrated. Um, the two that I found that were interesting is Mirrorball is the most self-reflective song she has ever written. It deserves way more love. No, it doesn't. I like Mirrorball. It's not, especially with Midnight's now out. I think there's more self-reflection even in like Antihero like, than in Mirrorball. And then the other one is Peace is the most beautiful thing she's ever written. Peace might be actually my favorite love song that I can never give you. Like I really like that idea of like I can give you everything but I can never give you peace. That's a really beautiful idea and that's the one where it's like the steel was the wool of the axe to grind. Oh my goodness. I am having some issues. Which one's that? Oh no, Invisible String is yeah. the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Wow. Do I like peace? No, you the coming of age is come and gone. Yeah. I do like peace. No, oh. fuck you. What? I didn't say I didn't like it. Stop attacking me. Take this away from me. Okay, you're all done. I think calling Mirrorball her most reflective song. Ah, that's a dad joke. Um, I have never loved Mirrorball, and I continue not to love it. So whether or not it's actually about her, this whole album is supposedly not really about her, except for a few noted exceptions. I don't know if Mirrorball is one of the exceptions. Peace is just fine for me. As you know, in terms of hot takes and being criminally underrated, The Lakes takes the cake for me as the most underrated song on this album, even though it's a bonus track. I said what I said. There was some Lakes commentary on, there were a lot of people who thought Lakes should have ended the album and not Hoax, and Hoax should have been the bonus track, um, which is a very interesting theory. Do you have uh, an Evermore hot take? Well, again, my question to you is going to be, are Folklore and Evermore sisters or frenemies? Mm. I think they're sisters, but that's just me. They're absolutely not frenemies. They're besties. They are the true type of besties where they're the same but different. As I said, I think in another episode, I always think of Folklore and Evermore as two sides of the same album, like an A side and a B side. My hot take, though, is that I like Evermore more than Folklore. And Evermore is like the forgotten sister of, like forgotten by Taylor herself. She literally... (laughs) barely put out like merch for it she never talks about it it didn't win the award we're just like wondering if she even knows she did it at this point so i have a lot of opinions about evermore but i really do like evermore i would make evermore shorter and the two i would cut would be dorothea and coney island then the album is willow champagne problems gold rush tis the damn season tolerate it nobody no crime happiness ivy cowboy like me long story short marjorie closure evermore i think that's a tighter album i think dorothea and coney island drag it down a lot i always skip those um but i think the songs on evermore that are good are some of the best songs she's ever written champagne problems happiness I really love Cowboy Like Me. I think that a lot of people get fucked over by the first sentence of that song, which I 100% again, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The tennis court was covered up with a tent-like thing. I almost just said a bowling ball-like thing. I think something's wrong with me. And I love the right where you left me. 
I think that's another kind of divisive song. Help. I'm still at the restaurant. Um, and I think It's Time to Go is one of really personal song that she's written. Um, but that's I don't even think that's a hot take. I don't think anybody likes Dorothea or the National. Or the Coney Island. Sorry. People, I like the National. Oh, no. Freudian slip. I mean, nobody in this room named Annie likes the National. I'll say that much. I, of course, agree with getting rid of Coney Island because it sounds like a printer that was left on. Dorothea, I don't hate, but I, yeah, I would, I would cut it. Here's what I would say, maybe, is that right where you left me and time to go should be in the main album instead of those two. And if we needed a Dorothea, maybe that's the bonus track. Yeah. Um, but my hot take probably is that the song Evermore is one of the best songs on Evermore. And again, I'm getting a look. I will be murdered tonight. Listeners, if you're hearing this, do a wellness check, please. Thank you. Evermore is fine, the song. I actually, I don't have a strong opinion. Every time I listen to it, it grows on me a little bit more. Really want to talk about this one because I think this is wild. And I, I don't know if you got here in the thread or if you know this song super well. Um, but I'm moving into my general category now. <clears throat> Beautiful Ghosts is one of her best songs. And it wouldn't get as much hate if it were on an album instead of Cats. Great lyrics, beautiful production, fire vocals. It has everything. Have you heard the song? No idea. I forgot that it existed in the sense that I never knew it existed. Oh, my God. You need to listen to it. It's not a terrible. This is an insane take. It's not a terrible song. I just want you to watch Cats. So I will get you for this podcast. We will do the episode where we watch every television an acting performance she's ever given and we will watch cats and it will be terrible and we will be angry the whole time i just had to put that one in there because i saw it and i was like in what universe absolutely not i guess if you've never seen it you don't have anything to add i think mccavity i think mccavity is taylor swift's best song <laughs> <laughs> did you know taylor swift wrote the musical cats fun fact um i'll move on to this one because I don't know what it means, and I sent it to you beforehand, but I'm going to interpret it as, I missed when Taylor used not to write so many babies. Which I take to mean, this person doesn't like that Taylor uses the word baby a lot in her songs now. And I would just like to say, I wholeheartedly agree. I don't like baby. I don't like darling. I don't like doll. Sexy baby. Sexy baby. Everything about it. I'm not a baby. I'm not your baby. The only person who could call me a baby is my own mother because I am her baby. Or if Adam Driver decided to call. I don't even know if that would I think I would be like, we need to come up with something. We're gonna workshop that. I think I've said this to somebody. I would rather have my significant other call me like shitbag than call me baby. I would rather have a nickname that was terrible in public, especially. Like if we were at a party and they were like, hey baby, can you get me? I'd be like, absolutely not. I can't. I simply cannot. The idea of someone calling you shitbag. <laughs> And having that be better for you. Like, I'm picturing this scenario you're explaining at a party. Friends and family around. Everyone's having a great time. Adam Driver turns to you and says, hey, shitbag, get me another drink. Your family would riot. They would jump him and unceremoniously suffocate him under the couch cushions. In no way would that fly. And he would be set up. It would be your fault. That would be accidental manslaughter. 
All right, let me course correct just a minute. I went extreme with the shit bag thing. You're absolutely right. I think the one I use most often is the old ball and chain, as I would rather be called that, the old BC. I much prefer that because it's a joke. Now I'm just picturing, yeah, I'm just picturing Adam Driver calling me a shit bag. I don't hate it. No, I'm just never not sexual. I don't know why. <laughs> well, I'm incapable of not making it sexual. Shit bag. <laughs> Sorry, I was just trying it out. Only Adam Driver is allowed to talk to me that way. Um, we can end it on this one if we want, because this one is an interesting one. I think Taylor has yet to make her magnum opus. I say this even though Folklore is literally my favorite album ever. She should start focusing on making really short and tight albums, in my opinion. I guess I don't know. I, I don't know if we'll know if it's the magnum opus till it's the magnum opus and she doesn't make any more music. And then we get to go back and reflect. Um, I do think Folklore is up there. Um, I also think Reputation is in the conversation yeah i mean she's got some staying power that rep that reputation that little snake um i do feel that we should end with out necessarily discussing it because i don't want to trigger your hatred for christmas songs but just do a few shout outs to those who contributed to the hot takes in the running for for your consideration some some hot takes uh steven added it's the year 2024 Taylor Swift has just launched her own ticketing platform for her next world tour uh, nail painting emoji. Now, I don't believe this is what we would even call a hot take, more as a prediction, but uh, we're just going <laughs> to leave it there. Next hot take, Karma should have been the first single on Midnight's. That's an interesting one as well. What else did we forget? Oh, yeah, the Christmas take. Christmas Tree Farm is vastly underrated and underplayed as a holiday bop. Mari and I aggressively disagree with this take. The U.S. government should officially make it illegal for Ed Sheeran to rap ever again for any reason. James agreed. I am a single issue voter and this is my single issue. And then, you know, shout out to Ben for his reputation take because if anyone loves reputation, it's our boy Ben. My hot take, I literally just thought of it and I hate myself for it, is that, that the Joker and the Queen is not a bad song. <laughs> It's not a good song, but it's not a bad song, even though it's a Beauty and the Beast ripoff. Joker and the Queen. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it is a bad song, but I'll, <laughs> we can, we can say whatever, whatever we want. And then, yeah, I think that's, I think that's all the takes. Hot, cold, and otherwise. Peace out, shitbag. <laughs>